Welcome, everybody, to the One to Go show presented by Dirt Track Supply from the beautiful Blue Line Brew Studio, episode 148. It is the Ryan Ahill. It is the Burt Lehman. It is Puka with the flat bill. Welcome, boy. Just, just stop. Stop. Seriously. Hey, is that, a, is that a cowboy hat? Bert, yeah, Bert, right. Puka, stop talking. All right, Bert. Normal people when they wear a hat, they're doing this, right? I literally just saw Puka going like this. Yeah, <laughs> like this. What the well, hell is that? Man, well, card revoked. It well, is see, what it is. He he's a hockey player. See, I played baseball, and playing baseball when you got a hat, you just you really cranked on the on the bill of the cap to curve it. Some would even take a baseball and, and uh, take a rubber band and curve it. There's a lot of people that will play hockey or coach hockey that watches. They don't do that same shit. All right. That's just a lot of things. So. Well, and my other thing is there's a star on, is that a cowboy hat? No, it's the next closest thing in the All-American team. Big Jerry Jones fan here. <laughs> he's got money. He's, he's definitely got that going on. So you mentioned dirt track supply. You know, as always, great shout-out. Nice shirt you got on. I got to get a new one. Trevor, hooked me up. But a huge shout-out to Ron, Trevor, uh, the folks out at Dirt Track Supply in Watertown. They do so much for racing. Um, whether you need parts, safety equipment, tires, a new chassis, the aero chassis, you name it, they're your go-to for everything racing in South Dakota. Plus, they ship. So it doesn't matter where you are. You need parts. You know, off-season, getting car ready for next year, get a hold of them, guys. They get whatever you need. And uh, this weekend coming up, the finale for the Repairable Vehicles Tri-State Late Model Series over, I think it's at Murray County Speedway. So, so Trevor, he's got it locked up. Go out in style. Win at least one of those this weekend and uh, put that final uh, nail in the coffin, so to speak. So, good luck, Trevor, up down there. Thanks to Dirt Track Supply. Puka, back to you. All right. Let's stay on that late model theme. We're going to start at the top here. You know, some sad news. I'm sure most of you have heard or seen across social media. We lost Rick Eshelman this week. For those of you that don't know, he's been the World of Outlaws late model announcer since 2016. Um, obviously, we've all heard him. You know, he's come into our homes more so than ever with streaming. Bert, you want to start? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, very sad news when I heard that. And, um, uh, you know, obviously our, our prayers go out to his family during this time. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, you just never know what people are struggling with. So, uh, you know, just uh, live every day to the fullest. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, I saw a lot of posts. You know, I'm very well connected. You know, fortunately, we got a big extended racing family. And and he touched a lot of lives. He knew a lot of people throughout the late model world. And I saw a lot of posts. You know, I saw Melanie Larson post on there, you know, that a, a, a video of him feeding her dog um, dog treats, right? It's the little things like that. We hear them on the, you know, on the stream. That's where we hear them. But, you know, a lot of the drivers, a lot of the people talking said he's just a joy to be around. Never had the liberty of meeting him in person. But, man, it's definitely a sad deal. And, and Bert's exactly right. I mean, everybody's struggling with something. I don't want to speculate. I don't know what, you know, what happened. If it was, you know, depression deal or maybe his terminal was something. I don't know. I have no idea. But that just makes a person think, you know, everybody is going through something. 
And all of us, me included, we're quick to start, you know, talking, you know, about like they're doing this wrong and they're doing that wrong and they need to be better at this. Well, you know, how about we just maybe need to be more appreciative of people and a little bit more, you know, softer once in a while with people because we don't know what they're going through. And it's a it's a big loss to the late model world for sure. Yeah, gratitude's the word. Now, if you want to get to know Rick a little bit better, I did interview him at the USA Nationals in 2021. It's up on our YouTube channel. You have to go back to about November or December of 2021. We played that during the offseason a little bit, so you can catch that interview there. Of course, hit the like button right now. We'd appreciate that. Uh, time hey, to move on. Oh, well, I just have one more comment. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he's well known for his announcing, but uh, one of the things that I remember him for is uh, during the, you know, because the world of outlaws came to Shano Speedway for like 10 years in a row. And during the intermission, he'd always have, you know, to, to use up some time, they'd always do games and stuff with the kids. They'd have the, remember, they'd do the strongman contest where they'd have to hold the two boxes. Yeah, and that stuff was one like of the that. craftsman series. Yeah. They had yeah. And so, uh, you know, just his interaction with the, with the kids and the fans, uh, you know, I'll remember that too. Well, and I learned in an interview with him, his start uh, in the announcing booth was actually in Grand Forks. He was the Grand Forks River City's announcer for many years before he got on the road with uh, with the World of Outlaws. So um, rest in peace, peace, Rick Eshelman. We'll move on to a blast from the past, of course, brought to you by Impact Health Sharing. It's coming up, right? It's almost that it, time of year. <laughs> it is. It is. Open enrollment is basically here. I mean, it's literally within weeks, I guess. I mean, this is a time you're starting to get healthcare planned for the 2023 year. Get a hold of me if you're paying too much. I've been saving people a ton of money. I have a great product. Um, be super happy to get anybody a quick quote, get you some information. If it's a good fit for you, glad to help you out. Maybe you'll have more money to spend on racing in 2023. All right. Episode 148. Do either of you have a 148? It'd be a tough one. No. I have some 48s, but no 148. But, Bert, let's start with you. Who do you have for 48? Well, I have two Eastern 48s, and I think I have a Western 48. <laughs> um, but uh, from the Eastern side, um, first I'll start with uh, Robbie Moss, who is uh, currently the flag man at Channel Speedway. Uh, but uh, he raced... Uh, uh, in the sportsman division at Shano Speedway in the 1990s. And he has at least two track championships, if not three in that division. And he also raced a little bit in the Wasota late model division, maybe one year, two years at the most. Uh, so that's one of the 48s. Uh, the other 48 is Mike Schmidt, who raced uh, in the sportsman division at Shano Speedway in the 1990s, as well as the modified division. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, he passed away on Friday. Uh, he lost his oh, battle with cancer. So, um, it's, uh, I guess it's fitting that we're at number 48 for this show. So we could, uh, remember him a little bit. Bert, is he related to any of the Schmitz that race there now? Um, he, well, he was, he's related to Bob Schmidt who used to race in a sportsman division, and um, I, I don't think he's, I don't think he's related to Jaden, but I'm not positive on that. All right, Ryan, I'll go next. I think, I think, I think um, this one caught me right at the last minute. I've been in a rush all, all day, all week. 
but Donnie and Craig Brightbill. Cedar Lake, the wild child. <laughs> there you go. Craig Craig was the wild child. Don was the dad, right? Craig was the kid. Modified drivers. Uh, I believe both of them, at least Craig, at least had a stint with the wing modifieds down there. They both ran wing modifieds. And did you know they, that Craig, I'm not sure about Don, but did you know Craig also had a stint in a late model? No, I did not. Don't yeah, so, that. Well, I, I believe the father raced a late model for a little bit, too. Probably they did everything together. Uh, they, but uh, they did a really unique double decker open trailer yes. with one <laughs> up on top. That was that was kind of cool. That, and then uh, the kid, the wild child, um, he had a helmet with a, mon a, a monkey face painted on the helmet, and that's one thing I always remembered when I go to the Wasota One Hundred or the Funky Manor. <laughs> awesome! All right, so I got it. <laughs> you did. He was Buzzy Adams before Buzzy Adams was. Even <laughs> was that guy right there? I remember the Wild Child at Cedar Lake Menominee, just sparking the high yeah. side, ripping the lip, and he was on the pump modifieds, obviously in the wing mods, and a little bit. I don't remember much in the late models. I know he ran one, but uh, he, he that was a guy right there that would bang the boards and hustle the high side better than anybody for a very long time. So that's a good one there, Puka. Well done. Yeah, so who Puka, do you got? <laughs> Puka, quick quiz for you. All right. Family member of some friends of the show here, right? Hibbing, six-cylinder, Mopar, the old Cuda. We talked about this just a, a little while back. Dean Niska. Oh, yeah, the Nistis. Okay. Yep. started with that 48, right? And then switched it over. Dean started, Tim went to 11. Dean Nisco drove the 48. Got a couple pictures of them here. But, of course, that's Jeff, Keith, right? That's their uncle. That's their uncles. So, kind of a the Nisco family, they've been around racing for a long time up in the Northland. So, we can't, we can't leave them out um, for sure. Another one I have, super stock guy out from South Dakota. Got to know him. Um, I guess in the early 2000s, pretty good buddy of mine saw his dad over at the casino speedway, Ben Paul. He actually, uh, his dad ran a modified for a while, but Ben Paul was actually pretty sporty for a handful of years there, winning some races. And he actually made several trips over to Wisconsin and Minnesota because he, he was winning over there. So he wanted to come kind of like Trevor Nelson, come race against the Minnesota guys and ran pretty well. So Ben Paul, a kid, I remember had some heart issues, unfortunately, no longer racing just because of health stuff. So um, hopefully someday we can get him back behind the wheel. Another one I have here is Dan Thorsbach. And you talk about bringing back the wing modifieds. So Al, I believe Alan Thorsbach is the car owner for Chris Wark, the 24W. Mike is going to correct us on this if I'm wrong because he's a Princeton guy. So that I believe it's Dan, though, that drove the 48. Ran in the mod. I remember him mostly in the wing modifieds. And then our very own Bad Brad, right, from our pit calls, right? We got Brad. He sent me some info. He pitted for Neil Matuska for a long time. He was number 48 back in the early years. I mean, he ran a, a hobby stock in a street. But back in the early years of Wasota modifieds, he had a Vega station wagon leaf spring car. <laughs> so I got a picture of me a picture. And uh yeah, I remember the name. He ran well. He won some races, also had a stint in UMSS and IMCA sprint cars, 
race for a long time, but Brad pitted for him for a very long time. That's how Brad got involved with racing in the first place. So we'll blame Neil for that one. And then <laughs> another late model guy ran supers and late models. Mostly I remember him at the Cedar Lake Speedway. But do you guys remember Gary Bolander? Oh, I remember that name, but I don't remember who it is. But I remember yes. that name. He, he was number 48. Okay. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So he ran down at Cedar Lake mostly. I don't know much about him, but fans comment. You know, I, I, a lot of people text me, hey, I got this 48. I got this story. Post it in the comments on the Facebook page, right, Where when we post the show. Post it in the comments so people can see that. It's kind of fun to talk about. Post any pictures you have. So that blast of the past always fun. I think to me, Puka, the one that you mentioned, you know, Craig Brightville, that is the 48. I mean, yeah. he was <laughs> So fun to watch back in the day. Blue so, cars with a yellow number, if I remember right. Right. Yeah. Blue car, yeah. yellow number, right? I think Craig was yellow. Craig was Craig was yellow and then dad was blue or something? Okay. Yep, yep. And they probably both had blue ones at one point. So all right, the blast of the festivals are always fun. Like Ryan said, yeah, get some pictures out there. We'd love to see them. It brings us down memory lane. That's awesome. All right, so now top five moments of the week. I feel like we should have a jingle for this. We need like a swoosh or some sort of jingle, but our top five moments of the week brought to you by Brad Parsons Egg Solutions. Yeah, we'll, we'll get Mason on that. Mason created some kind of a little intro here for the top five moments of the week. See, see if maybe he can hook us up. That's Mason Aaron's videos. Thanks, uh, thanks to him. But number five, Herman Townhammer. I mean, he just, he put the final nail in the coffin of the 2022 season with a dominant win over at the Red Clay Classic this past weekend in the late model. Guys, he, he's every single weekend during invitational season, he's either been in the top two with one or both cars last week, a pair of seconds. I mean, he has been, this might be the best postseason Daryl Nelson's had in a very long time. I mean, he was an absolute force. So super cool. Also, uh, Happy birthday to his dad, Billy Nelson. I think it's his birthday today, Monday. We're doing the show. I saw on there on, on Facebook that it's his birthday. A legend, Billy Nelson, happy birthday. But Daryl Nelson just keeps on getting I think he's done for the year, though. He keeps getting it done. I think he's I think he's ending it right there. Can-Am clash, a coin toss, if that race will even happen. He wasn't at it last year, so that's probably it for the 44 for 2022. Well, I, th I think he said in victory lane after the race that he was done for the year, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I think well, you're he, right. And he was one of those guys from up here that followed the challenge series, you know, so he was kind of moved around a little bit all year. So uh, well-deserved, but yeah, like I said, really good year. Fortunately for him, he won the late models. Unfortunately for me, he did not win the mods. He was my pick in the mods. He was my, <laughs> my sure bet of the week. All right. Uh, Bert, Benji lacrosse getting her done. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's uh, we've talked about him quite a bit on the show and, uh, there's a duel at the dam down at Beaver Dam Raceway. And it, it was a little different because what, the 141 Speedway ownership, they must have rented the track because they ran the show down at Beaver Dam. So 141 had a special the week prior. And then the ownership from 141 had a special at Beaver Dam Raceway the next last weekend. So that was a little bit different. But uh, they had two complete nights of racing and uh, – Benji Lacrosse won the modified feature both nights. Uh, so that uh, just added two more wins to the season's total and almost had another win in the stock car division in the feature on Saturday night. But uh, uh, Puka's a hockey guy. So I think there is a, a, a 
a little bit of a hockey move into the glass late yeah. in that race. It's called a hip check. That was called a hip check. <laughs> no elbow, no butt into the stick. It was a perfectly legit, perfectly legal hip check. That's why I love street stock racing. You know, late model guys are like, our shit costs too much. We can't be bumping and banging, tearing stuff up. And I get it. I mean, you got that much into a car. I get it. That's why I like street stocks. Not that they don't have much into their car, but you can get aggressive in those things, right? You can make it exciting and he was on the short end of the stick. I think Benji lacrosse is a pretty clean racer. He's not usually the guy to return the favor, but that guy just wanted yeah. it more. I guess. Well, and, and the thing is, I mean, Benji bounced back and still finished second in the race. So, uh, you know, he didn't, he didn't let it uh, slow him down too much. You right. know, after, we're, after we're talking here, I, I think, you know, we've been on the show for what, three years, the biggest surprise, my life, I didn't even know there was such thing as called an IMCA street stock. Is that what they're stock called? Car. Stock, stock car, stock, stock car. car. But we've well, spent this- more, more time talking about them and, and that 10,000 to win race at, or, or how much is it at 141? Is it a 10 grand? 10,000. Yeah. yeah. 10, I mean, yeah. and, and you're right. I mean, the race, I mean, they get after it. And they're just regular dudes out there for ten grand, and and it is good racing. Well, and it really is. I, I I was thinking about this, you know, based on our discussion last week about the late the quality of the late model racing and stuff. And everybody talks about how great racing was back in the seventies, but actually, you look back in the seventies, the cars that were racing were like the the stock cars and the street stocks. I mean, so that's actually kind of what the racing was in what everybody says is the heyday of racing. <laughs> well, that ties us right in. That ties us right in number three, Ryan. You want to talk about some Missouri street stock action again, basically right? the I, same I, thing, you know, so fans, fans, fans. All right. I asked both these guys, I said, Hey, what did you watch here this weekend? And Bert said, well, Hey, I got still some catching up to do. I'm going to watch everything. Puka said, and I get it. You're busy. I'm going to pick on you though. <laughs> Well, I watched the late model feature at Ashland. I'm like, this dude don't even like racing, right? I mean, like, seriously, that's the worst racing there is right now is late model racing. And it's like all you watch is like, are you kidding me, right? Streets. So that race right there was highly entertaining with a hip check. I mean, Benji Lacrosse probably didn't like it. But this, this uh, with Soda Street Stocks, which is similar in a way, of course, to IMCA Stockers, they're different. But similar, that's our version in Wasota. That was the best races of the weekend again. I mean, the mod, I'll get into the mod race in a little bit, but that one was really good. So night number um, over at Madison on night number one, there was, a. I mean, the track was a lockdown deal. It, it really was. It was kind of a momentum up around a lane off the top. They're just rolling because a lot of cars, it went really late. But on the first lap of that one, guys, the first and second place car literally got into each other you make the call i'll post it here so you can see it yard sale each other one car went around yellow comes out nobody to the back nobody they both get their spot back later on there's another incident kind of between those two one of them's in the fence he's done and then uh the leader later or actually Braden brower won that race super patient worked his way up there just calculated himself all the way up into there Every time somebody moved down, he'd drive around them, and then he threw a little bit of the people's elbow there for the lead. And I think it got deleted, but I saw something online about, well, I got somebody got moved out of the way, dirty driving. It's like that dude spun out a guy on the start of the race. He shouldn't even have been there in the first place. What? Let's stop talking. 
All right, just stop talking. So Braden Brower putting on a show night one and night two guys at the Buffalo River Speedway in Glendon. The race of the week, in my opinion, the street stock race was absolutely phenomenal. And the winner was Hunter, um, actually, yeah, Anderson, Kyle Anderson. Hunter Carter got second, and they were, I mean, they could have put a blanket over the top four for a long time in that race. It was highly entertaining, and it was a photo finish at the line. Excellent racetrack over at Buffalo River, but again, and we say this every week, Street stock racing, <laughs> providing the best racing as far as entertainment value goes. So that's number three. All right. Number two, the TPO. Tyler Peterson gets number 30. And that's a big deal, right? That's kind of like that getting 20s a good season. 25 is a great season. But hitting that 30 mark is a big deal. And that was a goal of his to hit 30 wins in a modified in the 2022 season, he did that. Night number one, he started back, I think, fourth, fifth row, drove to the front, got it done. Night number two, I did not think he was going to win that race. I mean, it was a good race. Don Eisen's looked like he had the car to beat. Got into lap traffic. He zigged. Tyler Peterson zagged, and the lap car went down in front of Eisen's. TPO went by and drove off into the sunset, and I think Dyson's might have had the best car. I think he had the best car, but it just it just didn't work out in lap traffic. But I mean, he started off the season with a you know I guess that was in December where he won at the Dome, but then he started off I mean just right on a tear, thirty wins on the year, and he still has a little bit of racing yet. But back to back national championships, great year for Tyler Peterson. All right, and number one, we're going to talk about the veteran, the guy, the family, actually, that puts Phillips, Wisconsin on the map. Well, there's two of them, but this is the <laughs> one, right? Jeff SpaceX. So, Bert, did you watch? I mean, you watched this race, right? The modified yeah. feature. Yeah. He, so get this his last win, this is Jeff SpaceX. He's won lots of races over his career, lots of big races, right? His last win, August 10th, according to my race pass stats, might be something missing if it wasn't on there, August 10th of 2019. That's over three years ago, right, since his last win. And he wins the Red Clay Classic, his hometown invitational. Now, let's be completely honest. If I said this guy ain't won in three years, he started on the front row, he won, what's the first thing that's going to come to mind? One lane. One lane. Hell, he curb stomped him. He, he, I mean, he flat out dominated that race and he had good cars. AJ Dima was behind them. Ashley Anderson was there. I mean, they were all right there and he just drove away. Um, that was great. Polish victory lap at the end, waving at I yeah, mean, I the crowd was excited. Great deal. I mean, he actually won convincingly because, uh, as you watch that race, um, the video, the, the camera wasn't even on him for most of the race at the end because they were on uh, AJ and Ashley battling for second. And Ashley slipped to slipped back to fourth at the end. I don't, I have it in front of me when we get to the red clay stuff, who got third in that deal. Um, Shane Halapka. Oh, really? Right. And, and he's turned some heads as well. So Halapka sneaking by Ashley Anderson, he stole some wind from him, some wins from him down at the red Cedar speedway this year. Keep an eye on that three junior. He's a hell of a race car driver. But, hey, tip of the cap, huge congratulations. 
awesome seeing Jeff Spacek park that 22 in victory lane yet again. Yeah, totally awesome. Congrats, Jeff. All right, time to move over to our hot takes of the week. Brought to you by buyrayshirts.com. Big orders, small orders, they got you covered. If you need a design, they got you covered. They got plenty of uh, samples and examples at buyrayshirts.com. So like we've talked about, it's we're into October. We're 60 days-ish from Christmas. So if you're a racer, you want to get some apparel, you want your fans to be able to support you, buyrayshirts.com, that's where you go. That's your headquarters. Like I said, there's all kinds of examples. You need some designs. They'll, they'll, they kind of mentor you through that. You can see kind of what they have there. And, you know, like I said, you want, what, five T-shirts, five sweatshirts, they'll do it for you. You want 25 T-shirts, 25 sweatshirts. Like I said, big, small, they got you covered, buyrayshirts.com. All right, Ryan, was all the meetings, month away. Thoughts? Any special guests going to appear there? Well, there's a special guest going to the Wasota Banquet, right? And that's Donnie Schatz. They actually got him as a keynote speaker. But uh, yours truly is going to be going to the Wasota meetings. Now, is that by invite? It is. I'm going with the Grand Rapids Speedway because I've, I've helped. I'm actually affiliated with Grand Rapids. So Bob and I are going to be going down there. And Rod, I know you watch this show, you're supposed to call me back, right? And I know you're busy here the last couple of days. Call me because we need to talk, right? Because there's a lot of things that need to be changed in Wasota. All the promoters are very well aware of this. The problem is, the problem has been for years, lots of promoters will sit and talk about all the things that need to be changed, and they'll complain and Wasota sucks and this, that, and the other. And then when it gets to put where the rubber meets the road, when they can actually step up and say something, they're like, mm, well, I'm not going to rock the boat. I will. I'm your Huckleberry. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it. This should be pay-per-view TV. And I'm not looking to cause any problems. I just want to make the organization better. I think we have an opportunity to do so. Um, racing is a great sport, you know, for a lot of different reasons. Let's do what we can collectively to make Wasota racing better. And, I'm going to go to the meetings this year to see if I can uh, offer some input. Real, so it's Rod Lindquist. That's his, his name, correct? Okay. Yeah. So yep. on a scale of one to ten, I'm going to give him a grade just from conversations with you and not a grade on what he's done with Mazota, but from everything you've said, as far as accessibility on a scale of one to 10, everything you've said, he seems to be a nine. Would you agree? I mean, it seems like you've said, I've had conversation with, him. I talked to him. I've had conversation with him. He seems to be, there to at least listen he's business smart right he's business he's a business guy he's negotiated big business deals right that's what he wants to do with wasoda he wants to take his time solidify big sponsorship dollars so more money can be infused into the organization to give to the drivers that's what he wants to do the problem is he's only one guy right so if he's doing all this other stuff he can't do the one thing that he wants to do as effectively as he'd like to. So when, what we talked about is they just need to hire a few more people to take some of that other stuff off his shoulders so that he can do what he excels at. And I think if they let him do that, I think things could really turn around. I really believe that. All right. Next topic, drawing for position. Were some drama going on? Sources tell me. Sources tell me. And I got this from a few different sources. So if somebody has a different story, post away in the comments. If you know about this story and this is true, post it in the comments. 
Miller Central Speedway, there was a driver. Adam Brotherton, hell of a race car driver, very fast, good driver, wins a lot of races. He was doing the old, we'll call it the old Rick Auckland deal, right? The old Rick Eggersdorf deal, cheating at the draw. This is what sources say. I wasn't there, could not get a comment from Miller on this one, right? So here's, here's what the sources say. He would go draw for position for the heat, and if it was a bad number, he's like, well, that's for Corey Berquist. I'm gonna, that's, that's for him, you too. And then he would draw for himself and try to get a better number. Well, this happened multiple times, three, four times or whatever. Finally, somebody said, this dude, like they're talking about, it's not even like, he's not even there. He's like at some other racetrack. Like, why did he draw for, and well, finally they're like, wait a sec, dude, you, you can't be doing that anymore. I don't think they did anything to him. I mean, it was kind of the tracks bad for allowing it to happen in the first place you know, a couple stories on the draw. I remember allegedly, right? Allegedly, and we can get some comments on this. Um, Rick Eggersdorf, one of the best ever, right? I, I mean, arguably, I would put Rick Eggersdorf as the number one top late model driver to ever come out of our area. That's my opinion. He was that good. There was a lot of good ones. That's a debate for another time, okay? But at Cedar Lake, they used to have a bag and they had ping pong balls in there with numbers on it. And allegedly, he would palm a ball with a number on it, reach down in there, grab it out, and be like, oh, look, I drew eight or a good number. And he'd be on the pole every night, right? Well, allegedly, and the story goes, that they actually painted the balls or changed colors of them. And he drew it out. And they're like, yeah, try again. And uh, that didn't work out real well. You know, so he, he was – and then Rick Auckland, remember when he had two cars? He had yeah, the – and, I think it was 44 and 12 or 44 and 44 X. I think it was 44 and 44 X. He would draw for both and whichever one gave him a better starting position, he'd race that car, you know? So there's a solution to this whole deal, right? How do you eliminate cheating in the draw in a heat race? Okay. That's where you do the, the, the different draw, the resetting number one. Right. So all you have to do, this is super easy. They can cheat all they want, draw one through a hundred, but at the pit meeting, have a bag with a hundred numbers, have somebody come up, draw a number out of it, random person. That's the new number one. It totally reshuffles the field. Cedar Lake did that. Hibbing did that for a yeah. while. Multiple tracks do that. There's so many reasons that's good. Number one, it eliminates cheating and the perception of cheating. Number two, you can ask my daughter. When I drew bad, if I got to the track early, I was a miserable prick for about two hours before race time. Okay? <laughs> if you reset one at the pit meeting, you only got like 15 minutes to be mad because you're like, I got stuff to get ready. Like, I don't have time to sit and pout for the you know two hours before race time. So resetting one at the pit meeting by hand out of a bag, that eliminates all of that. I think tracks should go to that. I think it's just a good idea. Super easy to do. And just clarification for the fans, when you say resetting one, so – what they do is you can bring the bag around and say they draw 50. 50 is the new number one. 52 would be number two, 53. So that, that's what he's talking about there. I didn't even know about that until Labor Day this year. They were talking yeah. about or, or it might have been the XR race. What one of the two? Shano Speedway used to do that way back in the 90s, I believe, already. They would reset it 
But the only problem was when they reset it, they didn't draw the resetting number in front of anybody else. So there was always questions <laughs> as to whether whether that was actually the correct number that reset. <laughs> always drama. I got. I, I gotta. I, I gotta. I gotta come to confession, guys. I gotta come. I, oh, I gotta come. To this confession. is big. So, I I may I may have skirted around the rules a couple times myself, right? Because I saw, I saw, I'll just say a Proctor driver that was very very good. I saw his crew, you know, rolling the bingo balls where they had the slot. Several would come out at one time. And they would like draw, so like three came out, and then they'd grab the smallest number and be like, "Here's what I drew," and they'd be like, "Oh, okay." And I'd be like, "What? What? How's that?" So then I just started doing the same thing. It worked really good, you know. I started drawing better after that. So I, that that changed things. And then uh, that at Grove Creek one time, they they actually held the bucket like this, and I kind of dug through it jokingly, and they're like, "Oh, good luck tonight." And I'm like, "Wow." Okay, so there, there was a, there was a couple instances. Everybody's going to try to take advantage, but you got to try to eliminate that perception. And I think resetting one is the way to do that for sure. And, and real quick on that, Rick Eggersdorf, that orange flower at the fluorescent yellow number. Yeah, I don't think, and I hate to admit this because my friend Derek Cabardi, my college roommate, we used to go round and round Nesbitt Eggersdorf's name. And I hate to admit this, but I don't think I've ever seen a late model with more feature win stickers on it than that car at one point. I mean, it was it was flush with them. You know, I think he had it for a couple, this is like 90, 91, 92, somewhere in there. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, he was the man. Nesbitt was good too, let's just be honest. But Rick <laughs> Eggersdorf, he's my one, even though he stole one from me. My pit guy, Jim, says that if he, he looks at it, I still won that race, but that Tony Stewart night, he beat me by oh, like yeah, two yeah. inches at the line. Um, Still a little salty about that, but that was one of my shining moments in the in the late model. That was a hell of a hell of a fun night there. So that that's enough with the draw stuff. Yeah. All right. So what happens when it rains? Cutting short. We had we had uh, the race you want to talk about. We had the Warball uh, Sprint Cars out you know out east. I mean, kind of the same deal. Yeah. So I want you guys' opinion, right? Let's say it's during because we know if it's the last night of the year, right? You can't make up a feature. But if it's during the regular season, Bert, at, at Shano, right? Let's say Shano, they get through intermission, they get one feature in, or maybe they just get to intermission, right? Or maybe they get two features in, and it's in the middle of the season, right? And they rain at that point. What happens? What What do they do at Shano? Uh, that that it's deemed a complete show. As, as long as... As long as you get all the heat races in, it's deemed a complete show, and the fans don't get their money back. And um, do the, they run makeup features? What's that? Do they run makeup features the next week? No, I mean they have only a couple of times in my memory run makeup features the following week. Otherwise, it's just like I mean that happened uh, this this year uh, uh, USA Nationals weekend. Uh, the races at Shano Speedway got rained out after the first first feature, and uh, so it was just deemed a complete show and uh, no no makeup features in the future. Um, Do they split the purse for the drivers then? Yes, yes, they split the purse uh, for the drivers then. Okay, okay. For those that didn't race in the feature, that didn't yeah, get to race their feature yet. That's the two options that I've always seen. Right? Is a is if it rains out and they, if they're to intermission, it's considered a complete show. So nobody gets their money back or whatever. It's a complete show. 
But like all of our tracks, they've always ran makeup features. So like the following week, they'd run double features. Happens all the time. We see it all the time. If it's the end of the year or something like that, or a big special where there's a lot of out-of-towners coming and they can't reschedule it, then they take whatever the prize money was for that feature, divide it out by the number of drivers, everybody gets an equal amount. Puka, yeah. what's your how how do you think that should be handled? Mm. It's tough. I I I kind of like like you just said that splitting up. I guess. I mean, it's uh like I said that World of All Our Race. Where were they? Williams Grove, right? Port Royal this yeah. week. Williams Grove, and um, I mean, this is a little bit different, but you know, there were drivers that did not want to take that green. You know, it started to rain. They graded the track. They you know they went out. Uh, of course, Lance Deweese ends up winning that race only ten laps uh, after what was that? Brett Marks that went through the billboard. Yeah. You know, although yeah. he said it had nothing to do with with the weather, he said he just got too high on the cushion. Um, but you know, uh, so some drivers after the race were like, "No, I think the track was fine." Um, nobody pulled in, but Shots was very vocal on social media that he was angry, should have never taken the green. This is ridiculous. This was a safety issue. But of course, he stayed out, and he's really not even in the points contention. It's not like he took a lap or didn't even come out. Um, so. Yeah, it's 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 touchy and complicated. I I mean, it, and I don't know, Ryan. As a racer, you've always said, like I said, well, here I'm, 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 very... I'm going to pause it for a moment. So we have a, there's an issue, right? We talked about the teching deal that happened down at Sycamore Speedway a couple of weeks back when they screwed over my buddy Dave, right? So so get this, last week, not this past weekend, not a couple of days ago, but last week they got. Through intermission, they got the pure stock feature in, but the rest of the program rained out, right? So there's still two nights of racing left. So they should, they they have, in my mind, they got option A, option B. Option A, run makeup features the following week. That works. Option B, split the purse between everybody equally and give everybody a check. Well, they took option C. And, and option C there is their policy, where they just take everybody's money and they stuff it down as deep as they can in their pocket and say, too bad, so sad, nobody gets nothing, it is what it is. Yeah, see that? I would yeah, that's not... unload my shit in the front of their building and block their doors so nobody could race until they paid everybody. I mean, I get it. There ain't another track within two hours away from that place, but I would boy that place needs to be boycotted for something like that, right? I remember well, there was I, a boycott I, I... hit years ago. I mean that that's just plain stealing. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yep. Yeah, yep. That's, that's a bit ridiculous. <laughs> when I heard that, I'm like, "You're kidding me!" Like they didn't even let him in free the next week. Nothing, right? It's just like, well, it, it is what it is. Complete show. We'll just go ahead and keep everybody's money. Nobody's getting paid. No, not making anything up. And they've done that multiple times. And you can get away with stuff like that when there's not another racetrack within two hours in any direction of you. You can treat drivers however you want because if they want to race, it's like, well, you're either going to come here, or you're going to travel two hours. Yeah, that that's that's just yeah, you're right. I I consider Bert what you said that's spot on. That's stealing, and, and quite honestly, I think that they need to be held accountable for that. So Sycamore Speedway donkey award <laughs> there it is <laughs> donkey award again sycamore speedway they're getting pretty popular but you know i think i think that it's kind of a coin toss right i remember remember we had the governor's cup for a few years in hibbing yep we had uh i think it was five grand to win modified race and 
there's a lot of cars there and it rained out. And I'm like, let's reschedule this thing. I was starting second row, five grand to win. I'm like, let's go. And they just decided we're going to take the whole purse, split it up evenly. And I was mad because I started second row. Had I started 10th row, it would have been like bonus. <laughs> right? wow. You know, as long as they're either splitting the purse between everybody or making it up, I'm okay with either one. Um, it, it, during the regular season, I'd rather see it made up because there's points involved, you know, but I'm okay with either one, just not pocketing the money like Sycamore. I, I had a friend who, he, when he raced late models, he wasn't a top tier driver. So, uh, I mean, obviously he didn't want rainouts, but he wasn't disappointed when there were rainouts because he usually got paid more than what he normally would uh, because they split up the money evenly. <laughs> right, right. I, I've heard that. I've heard that from a few people myself, <laughs> but not option A or B is both good. Option C, terrible. Can't have that. Yeah. You're not getting any goodwill with the drivers doing that. All right. Any more hot takes? Either of you. Oh. All right, so fans, that was some three really great hot takes. We want to hear your opinion. Please post it down there in the comments. All right, so we're going to go through the, some recapping of the weekend's events brought to you, as always, by our friends over at Blue Lion Brews. Here it is. Like we said last week, cold nights, cold mornings are coming. It's time for some hot brew right here. Blue Lion Brews is your ticket. BlueLionBrews.com, save 15 is the promo code. Save 15% in your total order. 10% uh, of profits go back to families of fallen or injured officers. So a really good cause, really good coffee, really cool mugs. We also got the K cups right here. And then to pay attention to the logo, like I said, you can find this in stores in some select stores around Ashland, uh, the twin ports, Bemidji area, the iron range. So you can get your brew on that way too. So blueironbrews.com, save 15 promo code, save 15% on your entire order. All right. Start at the top, ABC Raceway, Red Clay Classic. Yeah, I mean, Puka, you watch the late models, so we'll let you touch on that because what? I'll, I'll just start with this. The the track is pretty darn good. I mean, mm -hmm. it started out muddy. They got too much water on it. They graded it off. They, I mean, it is what it is, but it was a little greasy. I mean, obviously, the first few races at first night, but overall, track was smooth. It was racy, never locked down, didn't take rubber. I think it was a pretty good race, including your late models. That was 50 laps, you know. So what was your thought on the late model feature? Well, the big thing that stands out is, and like I said, yeah, I mean, does does Ashland at the red clay, does it ever really lock down with the cold temperatures? It does because, remember, Derek Vessel had one one, and he got out of the rubber a couple and of years And then Jesse Glenn's one. Okay, so that's what I was going to say. Just so, so Derek Vessel – Sorry. Well, I, you know, talk about Derek because I call it the putt putt motor. You know, he's got the crate motor, but he was all over Pat Door towards the end of that race. Now, then Door ended up getting away from him, but uh, that was kind of for me, you kind of watching that like, is he going to get him? You know, I mean, Door obviously top of the line stuff. And then here comes Derek with this, you know, I call it the putt putt motor, and he's right on it. But then uh, once Door felt some pressure, he did pull away from him. But pretty dominating performance by Darren Nelson. Let me ask you this question on lap five who did you think was winning that race? Uh, is that when Dor made that big move into into three? Pat Dor was pushing Daryl Nelson around the racetrack at the beginning of that race. I'm like, his shit's bolted. He's going by Daryl. This deal is over. There is no way. And then Daryl got a little faster. Pat Dor faded a little bit, but early on, I thought Dor was going to win that deal. Yeah, and Mars had, Mars had a good run to make it to what third, or fourth, or fifth. Well, so so we'll I'll let Bert touch on second. 
we'll let Bert do that. <laughs> um, yeah, but, East, Eastern boy made got the second. Nick Nick Avalink got second. Uh, he usually runs well at that race. I mean, he won it in the past. So you know, seeing him running with the top cars uh, uh, wasn't a surprise. Yeah, he drove around door. You know, yeah. and, and kind of gapped them really. Kind of was closing a little bit for a while in lap traffic, and then then he kind of faded the last couple yeah. laps. But Derek Vessel and Jimmy Mars both started fifth row, ninth and tenth. Derek got ninth. Jimmy Mars got fifth. So Derek, who kind of struggled most of the year between Labor Day and this weekend here at the Red Clay, he's I think he's starting to get that MB figured out. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, he was, he was strong there for a while with door. And then like I said, door put some distance on him and he faded a little bit. Um, Chad Mater all by himself. Did you see that spin? I did. And he had a hell of a week in the week before, but you can go from hero to zero really, really fast. What sport. do you think that was? I mean, it was just, he was all by him. I mean, I mean, a guy like that, a veteran, I was very, very surprised. And I watched it a couple of times, like nobody touched him. You know, I don't know. Did he have a tire go down? Do you think he broke something? No, I think he continued. He continued. He started yeah, he did. Now, a couple other things in the late model, Jody Belfi was in the top three and he, and he broke something in the yep. steering. Yep. They said, yeah. get on the record. He said, yep. Yep. So, I mean, that, he was looking good, but you know who else looked really good? And I don't remember where he finished. I think it was like six, seventh, somewhere in there. Dave Flynn. And so Dave Flynn was in the top five, all three nights down at the legendary. And then this weekend here, you know, inside the top 10, right around that seventh area. So Flynn may be starting to get that 29 car figured out for the 2023 season. He said he learned a lot this year. So we'll see if maybe he can turn things around. Now, Puka, that's all you watched. I get it. <laughs> Go ahead. You can just chime in. You can listen, but you can hear all about the show. Bert, you watched the rest of the features. You yes. know, why don't you give us a little bit of your thoughts here on what and start with the mods, go to the supers, go to the Midwest mods and, and touch on what you got. Well, we kind of touched on the mods already. Uh, you know, it was a big win for uh SpaceX and um um for our picking, I wanted to pick Demo, but I just couldn't. <laughs> now I wish I would have picked Demo. Uh, but yeah, he had a strong run uh, in second. But uh, it, I mean, it was good racing. There are multiple grooves, and um, so that was good racing. Um, Super stocks. I mean, uh, we know who won that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> But, but the story in the Supers, right, the story in the Supers wasn't Sabraski. He started in the front two rows. He drove away, right? The story to me, Cole Chernosky, making the trip down from Thunder Bay, didn't win anything down in the States in the Super, right? But he, he was undefeated at home. Guys, he started eighth, got second. He drove right around the outside of SpaceX and everybody and kind of looked like he was as fast as Sabraski was at the end of that race. So, Culture Noski uh, looking really good in that 33C. Awesome. Yeah. And then in the Midwest mod, it's it's still kind of weird seeing Tony Barr in a Midwest mod when, you know, you've seen him race late models in the past and you see, you've seen him race uh, modifieds in the past. Uh, but, you know, put him in anything and he's going to win races. Uh, did he win this race last year too? They, mod, Midwest mods didn't race last year. They okay. ran them up. Okay, it must have been a different race that I'm thinking of that he won last it was year. year before. I think he won it the year before. Okay, that, maybe that's it. Yep. Uh, but second. yeah, 
you found victory lane uh, again in the Midwest mods. Uh, but one thing that was, I can't remember who finished third. Cody Carlson. Yeah. Cody Carlson. He, when they interviewed him after the race, cause he finished third, uh, uh, he questioned the scoring a little bit because he felt like he was in second place when one of the cautions came out and he said that may have cost him a chance to battle for the lead because he was starting on the inside instead of the outside uh, where he was running. And so he kind of questioned the scoring and actually during the race, the announcer was questioning the scoring that, you know, about that particular incident. And, uh, and then they, the announcer goes, well, scoring just confirmed that this is correct. So um, a little disagreement there, I guess. And then, well, and, you know, speaking of scoring, the announcer kind of questioned the scoring during the late model feature, too, because I think it was Vessel's transponder wasn't working. Uh-huh. So they were they were having problems getting him in the right spot. And then they went to restart the race and the announcer goes, I think we still have some cars out of place, but we're going green. We'll worry about that later. And I'm thinking, (laughs) what do you mean you're going to worry about that later? You can't change it once the race restarts. They had all kinds of scoring issues, right? So did you catch what happened at the end with the bonus money put together? Did you catch that? No. So, so here, so Finlander corner, it's a, it must be a deal in Ashland. I'm not really sure. Obviously, super good people, right? Because Finlander Corner just is what it is. Great people. Well, Ryan Adamsack, very popular, big, huge Adamsack's a big name in Ashland. Um, young guy tragically passed away, right, within this past year. And and Dennis McCauley is really good at this kind of stuff. He went out and he, he generated some funds to give bonus money. His number was 97 when he raced. So they gave uh, the bonus ended up being like thirty one hundred dollars extra to the seventh and ninth place finisher. Okay, race gets done. They score Zach Benson seventh and Kennedy Swan ninth. They call them down and they're like, you know, they did this whole deal. It was a great deal. Gave them the money. They were all pumped because they made more than the feature winner, right? So it was like outstanding. Then there was a scoring issue. The transponder was not working for Truscott, who finished ahead of him, and it literally moved everybody back. So now the seventh and ninth place finisher was totally somebody different, right? So then (laughs) then it's like, oh, crap, right? They they explained it to him like, hey, you didn't get it. It's it's not you. And then after the race, Jason Schill, who had finished up inside the top three, got disqualified in post-race tech. He literally just bought this car. And he's like, well, I bought the car. What the heck? Let's go to Ashland. Didn't I mean, he didn't think nothing of it. Something with the carburetor. I don't know all the details. He gets disqualified. So that moves Zach Benson and Kenny Swan back to seventh and ninth. So it all worked out anyway. <laughs> but, you know, that's where you kind of wonder, right? With all the scoring issues they had, trans- there was a lot of them with transponder stuff. I mean, they have all kinds of internet issues in Ashland, Wisconsin. It's the middle of nowhere, right? Could that have been why Cody got put in fourth instead of, I feel like maybe he should have been third, second. I think they would have had to go back a lot, but second or third for sure. They put him in fourth on that restart where he thought he should have been second. That's a whole roll back. Not, I don't think he would have had anything for Tony Barr. He was that good, but he might've got second out of that deal. 
Yeah. And I mean, I don't know what all goes into scoring, you know, with the transponders and, uh, you know, so, sometimes, you know, technology is supposed to make things better, but sometimes it just makes things worse. Um, but I mean, and not just at Ashland. I mean, I've been to some tracks where, you know, there's a caution and it's like, okay, they're going back to the last completed lap. So it should be like this order. And it's like, they go back two laps. Like they don't consider that one lap complete. So it's actually like going back two laps. And I've seen that at a lot of different tracks and, um, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't know what the answer is. <laughs> blended caution. That's what we got to do. The blended caution. Nice. <laughs> that, that's the solution. Like world of all those blended caution. <laughs> I don't know. So I got to give a donkey award here to my buddy, Dan also, um, because so Justin Bassa who runs giving weekly, right? So he's not a guy that wins a lot of races. He's just not, he led a bunch of that. He was running in the, in the top two, top three, the majority of that race, like he looked really good. And Dan texted me, he goes, boy, Bass is looking really good. I'm like, don't jinx him. Next lap, he spins out. <laughs> like, I'm like, Dan, you're killing me. So, Justin Bassa, get a hold of I'll, I'll get you the contact info. I'm not going to give the full name on here. I don't need no hate mail to this guy. But uh, all in good fun. Bassa had a good run going. That was a tough break for him. But overall, you know, what an unbelievable culture, huge crowd, big parties, fun time. The track was good. Um, there's one knock. There is a little yeah. drama there. There is a little drama. There? Uh, that's right, with the wristbands. My phone blew up. I knew nothing about it. I wasn't, I obviously, we weren't there. So here's what happened. So it's a two-day show. Heats one day, features the next, right? Pit passes, I believe, 35 bucks a night or, or whatever it was, $70 for a two-day pass. Friday night, if you wanted to go in the pits, the only option was a two-day pass. So people were blowing up Facebook going, this is bullshit. Like, we only wanted to go Friday. We couldn't go Saturday. They had to buy a two-day pass to go one night. And they they claimed, you know, hey, we're out of wristbands or whatever. That's just poor planning, right? That's just poor planning. They should have got a hold of another racetrack and said, hey, bring over your extra wristbands because I know Rapids has a pile of them, right? A lot of tracks do. They should have got extra wristbands. It is what it is. And I had people going, was was that them being greedy or was that just poor planning? And as much money as they pay at that show, I really don't think it was a greed thing because they, they pay really good. Yeah. I think it was just poor planning. And I, I'd be pretty confident to say that that won't happen next year, but if that happened to you, Puka, you're a money guy, right? Bert's more, Bert's more laid back. He's like, whatever, it is what it is. If that happened to you, you went to a race, Puka, and they said, and you're like, I can't go tomorrow. And they said, hey, here's the deal. you got to buy a two-day pass or it is what it is. Go sit in the grandstand. How, how would you have responded to something like that? Five, five-year boycott or I would have followed Nesbitt and figured out a way to sneak in. <laughs> there is that. There is that. <laughs> All right, let's move on. All right, Madtown Showdown. Down to Madison. Yeah, Madison, I mean, they had a ton of classes, a ton of cars. It was Puka's type of deal. They had seven classes of cars, is what it is. I mean, they don't get 50 of everything. Oh, by the way, Ashland, the biggest car count, Super Stocks. I figured I'd better point that out. No, that was impressive numbers of Super Stocks. But at, at Madison, we talked about Tyler Peterson doubling up 29 and 30 on the year. Um, 
Super stocks, Trevor Nelson, he doubled up and was very, very fast in that 71. Talk more about him in just a little bit. Midwest Mods, the Cobra, Cody Lee. He parked it in victory lane both nights. In the street stocks, night one, Braden Brower, that we talked about that one, but Justin Vogel won night number two. And here's the deal. I mean, Trevor Nelson, 21 of 32 shows. That's impressive. But the, the track was good. That's another great event over in western Minnesota. You know, Granite City moved their show a week up, which there's still a pile of shows, Red Cedar, Jamestown, Casino, Bemidji, all on that weekend. But Madison was kind of left going, we're the only show in town over in that area. I was surprised that Tyler Peterson went there rather than Glendon. Sounds like he might have had a sponsor. I think he heard Johnny Broken going and was scared and wanted to go somewhere else. Kidding. That's what I heard, too. That's what I heard, too. I'm kidding. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I wanted to see them two race against each other is what I wanted to see. But um, great event down in Madison. I've announced that in the past. And, you know, pretty good racing overall. You can watch the replays on Dirt Race Central, of course, for Ashland and for that one as well. What do we got next? Let's go to Western Minnesota. Glendon for the Buffalo River Fall Showdown. Yeah, that was a good event. I got to be honest. I was surprised they added a show. Right, because they they have their corn cob nationals. They had that a couple weeks ago, and they just added the show on a whim. Empty grandstands, awful, awful. Really good facility. Mike Levins even commented. He goes, "This is the coolest place I've ever been to." They've really done a good job with that facility over in Glendon, Minnesota. They got. I mean, if you'd have to go there to check it out, but it's super cool. Uh, Modifieds, Johnny Broking parking in Victory Lane now. I'm going to pick on him. It's all out of love. I'm a Johnny Broking fan. Everybody knows I'm a 45J fan. Heat race night number one. He may have stepped on his wiener a little bit. He did. I I sent him a picture of a Band-Aid. I said, go ahead, find one of these, apply it. You know where to put it, and then don't do this again. And he texted me. He goes, I won't. I won't. He goes, man, you saw that? I'm like, I did. So he looped it in the heat race, but he went on and kind of dominated both nights in in the features. Uh, Joe Thomas got second both nights. He won at Casino. He's picking up some speed. That's Corky's kid. He's looking pretty impressive in that 6ST. Midwest Mods, Jory Berg, night one. Night number two, that was another excellent race between Aaron Blacklands and Justin Olsen in the 169. Olsen, a guy that's won a bunch up in Greenbush. Hats off to both of them. Great run there. But I want to give an extra shout-out, guys, to Sam Blevins youngster from Hibbing. He was on the podium. He finished third on night number two. He looked really racy, too. He was really good in that 10 car. Um, looking forward to see what he has to offer coming up next year because he vastly improved throughout the season. And then on the street stocks, Coast, uh, Casey Usatis and then Kyle Anderson getting it done with the race of the week on night number two. The big question for Buffalo River, are they going to have with Soda Sanction classes in 2023 rumors are swirling remember they switched to imca here a few years back now there's a lot of talk and they've been having more and more with soda shows there is talk going around that you can maybe see a midwest mod street stock sanction weekly sprinkling in some modified stuff be really really cool to have buffalo river back under the wasota banner in 2023 yeah well it's just nice that they're open i think when we started the show that was one of the earliest news items we had was they were closing 
you know, so I think they closed what 1920 and then someone picked it up the year after COVID last year. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's good to see him racing and it'd be nice. if Wasota has been losing enough tracks. They don't need to lose anymore. It'd be nice to see him pick it up. All right. Let's go North of the border. Victory lane speedway. They had a reschedule event. They were supposed to run a week ago. Rain canceled it, which probably was a good thing because they were going to run against Thunder Bay, which was not a good thing. Pretty weak car counts, unfortunately. But uh, Scott Greer, remember, he ran really good for a while at the sites. He looks sporty. He won the, the finale there. Rick Delane and the mods. Brandon Rehill. This cat won a pile of races. I don't exactly have the number in front of me. I feel It was over 10, though. Maybe 14. Brandon Rehill with a very impressive season. Looking forward to seeing him more in 2023. Well, the spins were out at Williams Grove. We touched on that just a little bit. Rain was kind of the big, uh, the big winner out there. Pennsylvania Posse. <laughs> wow. Lance Ten laps. Ten laps. <laughs> so I heard <laughs> on a podcast that it was the shortest feature for the World of Outlaws Sprint since 1993, somewhere in California. But yeah, 10 laps, 10 grand, 1,000 bucks a lap. Lance DeWeese, Pennsylvania Posse. I did see his interview. It was all smiles. Plenty happy. I mean, what a bargain for him. <laughs> he was going to win anyway. He was going to win. Now, with that said, it would have been good. Sheldon was pretty quick too, but Brent Marks, I think he rolled over on purpose because he kind of had a little bit of saltiness towards Hoosier. And if you see the picture, looks like he might have ripped down the Hoosier banner. So when he exited the building, he went up, tore the Hoosier banner down. So did he roll over on purpose? Is that a conspiracy? I'm not really sure, but uh, glad he was okay because he tumbled pretty hard. But Lance DeWeese, Pennsylvania Posse, I, I heard, I don't have the date. You can look at the World of Outlaws website or on Facebook, but it sounds like they rescheduled the other part of that event so they are gonna the night that rained out sounds like they are gonna run that still i'm try, trying to get that in okay all right so let's move to lucas oil late models this was during the week last week uh the rescheduled for liberty weekend and this is not i i'm speaking correctly it's not the hillbilly 100 it's the hillbilly 100 hillbilly 100 so but it's a great race it was a potential race of the year candidate they're saying it was, I mean, I don't know if it was a race of the year candidate. I really don't know about all that. But, I mean, it was – I mean, did you watch it? Yeah, I watched. Yeah, it was a Kyle Larson battle with, with Bishop. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was a race where you really couldn't see anything because that well, track that, is that, so dirty. Yeah. I couldn't believe how dirty that track was. And that is Yeah, uh, that is not a track made for streaming. But it's, <laughs> but it's a track that's it's produced pretty good racing. Yeah, it wasn't awful. There was a lot of side-by-side -side racing going on in that, but not a lot of movement, right? You didn't really see a lot of people advancing positions. But Kyle Larson, Bishop, Alberson, T-Mac with another top five, and then Josh Richards finishing out the top five. So, um, okay, racing, I'll give it a C. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the racing was good, but yeah, I... I, I think a candidate for race of the year, I think that's a stretch. Okay, well, that's, <laughs> okay. that's what uh, – uh... Who is it? Uh, not not uh, not the normal announcer, but uh, oh, the young guy for Flow. He goes, "Oh, race of the year candidate." Race, not Shelton. Who's the other guy for Flow? Jarrett, Dustin Jarrett. Yeah, Jarrett. Yeah, race of the okay. year candidate. Race of the year. Race of the year. I mean, race of the year. <laughs> I mean, it it was good because there's challenges for the for the lead, but yeah, I mean, there's really nobody advancing far from the back, and you know that sort of thing. Uh, I mean, it was a. I mean, it it kept you entertained and it, it was a fun race to watch, but I wouldn't put it as uh, race of the year. Yeah. Yeah, not, no. Nice run for <laughs> Gary Alberson getting on the podium. Right. Yeah. Right. 
that was, he's that had was some good he really yeah. has yeah all right how about atomic the cash flow night in america i'm really disgusted with that race i'm pumped about that race <laughs> Ooh, uh, the operator. i picked my, moran i didn't get the points right i my my, hey, my driver started on the front row and finished like nine <laughs> yeah he put out the lead he put out the parachute for sure you picked beach step didn't you yeah 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 you probably, you probably yeah i was gonna say typically you pick them they win so i don't know what the hell the deal is there but uh Pierce won, but there was a lot of movement in this race, right? So Devin Moran, 13th to second. But my favorite part of this race is the B1 bomber, Brent Larson, 15th to third. That was impressive. That's That had to be the best run he's had in open late model action, like finishing on the podium, doing it from deep, not just holding on. And then Doug Brown, 18th to fourth. And Turbo, 10th to 5th. So there was a lot of passing, a lot of movement in this race. And uh, Bobby Pierce was kind of the class of the field at the end. Moran never really got with them, but I thought it was, I thought that one was more entertaining. If you were talking race of the year, that was better than the other one, I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't see that one, but like I said, I was just going by what Dustin Jarrett said. I think what he was alluding to was Bishop pulled up alongside actually probably passed young money a couple of times. It was on the back shooter was coming out of two, but young money would always get him when it came back to the, you know, to the front stretch to the scoring. And then Albertson was kind of ready to, for a while there. You could throw a blanket around him. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I was, uh, I believe I was at a powder puff football game. Nice. <laughs> the, watching the atomic race. So sorry, fellas. <laughs> All right. He's a race against turbo and Pierce more because if he would have just thrown the haymaker on him, it would have been over. He would have won that race. <laughs> all right man dan casper wrap us up yeah we had a couple races here so they had uh, i think it was called Oktoberfest over at mandan dakota speedway hunter damagala continued to, he did he put the exclamation point on his season flat out dominated birthday boy from a couple days ago todd carter one spot short he got second 60 years young i raced a lot of laps against him the question is with mandan was that their final with soda event? Because rumors going around right now is they are drop, possibly dropping with soda street stocks, possibly bringing on IMCA stock cars. I've heard people saying that could be for next year. I heard it could be for the year after, but hopefully they stay with, with the Wasota streets because they get a big field of cars there every week and it provides excellent racing. Even though Damagala dominated most of the year, there was a lot of really good racing in that class. Casper, Wyoming, that could have been their last night for B mods. They had, I was looking at the results, and it's typically Wasota Midwest mods, Wasota Mod 4s. They had Wasota Mod 4s, no Wasota Midwest mods on the results. They had X mods. So, kind of wondering, maybe somebody knows something I don't know. Did they drop Wasota mods in Casper? And if so, are they going to a non-sanctioned XMOD class? That would be a bummer. That'd be another track out west dropping a Wasota class. We can't be having that if we want Wasota to thrive. Absolutely. All right, fellas, time to move on to a little bit of who's hot, who's not. Bert, are you ready to go with who's hot? Um. Yeah, I mean, I have a couple. You want me to go through all of them? 
Absolutely. Or no, I'll just do one. I'll just I'll just do uh, the one from Eastern Wisconsin, then I'll I'll fill in after yours if you don't say the other drivers. Um, got to go with Benji Lacrosse from Eastern Wisconsin. Uh, two modified feature wins to add to his total. Uh, a second place uh, after the slap in the in the stock car feature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to go with the aforementioned Daryl Nelson. Like I said, an excellent invitational season for him. Um, you know, remains hot. Ryan? Yeah, Daryl's one of the best. I'm going to go with a 71 in the Super Stocks. I got to go with Trevor Nelson because not only did he, I mean, he won the biggest event of the year for Wasota Super Stocks, winning the Wasota 100, holding off Shane Sebraski to do it. Then he went to the Madtown Showdown, was flat out dominant. Come from deep, he actually. You know, him and Dexton Cook both started back their ways night one, and Dexton, as good as he is, had nothing for the 71. So 21 wins in 32 races. Yeah. That's impressive. So Todd Good, Casino Speedway, I have a I have a proposal for you. I know he doesn't want to sanction super stocks every week because they couldn't get the support, but they had the the triple crown deal between casino Miller and Aberdeen, where they had four or five weekends in there where they kind of, they had a points deal. Add supers on those nights, add them on those nights, right? Give Trevor Nelson an opportunity to race for that money as well. I know Stearns and Ames and them guys don't want to hear that because Trevor (laughs) Nelson probably wouldn't. But the fact is if he had a Sunday track or if Madison went back to Sundays, if he had a Sunday track, he would be in the conversation battling out the 7A for a national title. And uh, I think that would be cool to see. Yeah, very impressive. All right, who's not, Bert? I'm going out of the box a little bit with this one, and I'm going to say Hurricane Ian because, uh, I mean, first of all, uh, thoughts and prayers to everybody who's dealing with with all the hurricane damage and hope everybody everybody stays safe uh, down there. but, you know, the hurricane also took a, a big bite out of the racing scene last weekend. A lot of races got canceled. Um, but, of course, you know, racing is secondary to the safety of everybody down there. All right. I'm going to go with Josh Richards. You know, they talked a lot about because uh, the Lucas show, the Hillbilly 100, Tyler County in West Virginia, close to the Rocket One racing shop. And you know, when he hooked up with Boom Briggs last year, it was Vegas, right? The Vegas race. You know, he was you know, he showed some signs, you know, and I was, I was thinking, okay, he's going to go to the world of outlaws this year. He's going to win a few races, um, you know, started out. Okay. And then of course he did have the injury, but you know, he just can't seem to, to bag those victories. And like I said, he did have a podium that night, but of course that's his home home track. You'd call it. And he's tested a lot there. You'd expect him to really want, run well. Um, I, I mean, I'm a Josh Richards fan. I'm, I'm pulling for him, but you know, for the most part this year, kind of cold as ice. How about you, Ryan? I have two. The first one I'm a big fan of. I got accused of some things from one of the area legendary Hall of Famers, but um, Jesse Glenn's. Jesse Glenn's is, I mean, yeah, he won that race at, at Rapids. It was kind of locked down for the, well, not kind of, it was locked down for the late models. He just does not have that SSR late model figured out. Now, is there hope for him? Because Rick Nini is fast. Rick Nimi should have won that fan that that fan pick'em deal. Well, I saw that. Yeah, if it wasn't for the late restart, yeah, he had the dominant car in that. Rick Nimi had a hell of a season. Now he his car looks really good. 
Glenn's car don't even look good. I don't know what's wrong with it. It's awful, not competitive. Do you think he could be a factor in 2023 sticking with that SSR? Or do you think they're just, do you think they're still a ways away from being fast? No, I, I, I think he can. I mean, he got what a really late start, right? I mean, what he basically got out in August, Bert, was he at the nationals? He blew a motor. Yeah, he blew, right, right. Year. He blew. So then he yeah. was, you know, he was, he was kind of hit and miss. Um, you know, maybe he just needs some, some seat time to figure that thing out. Um, but no, he wasn't at the nationals. No, I, I, yeah. I don't, I don't think he was either. I think he came in a little bit later, you know, waiting for, well, of course, parts and everything is, you know, every, <laughs> that's the way everything is now, right? You got to wait for everything. Um, right. But um, again, I'm a fan. I'm hoping he can figure it out. I think he can figure it out. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? He's talented enough, but they got some work to do because that car don't even look good. Yeah, I mean, they definitely have some work to do. And uh, um, <clears throat> obviously blowing the engine didn't help him, you know, put him, put him behind. And, uh, and well, and I mean, how much, because he also has an open car that he's trying to race. So, I mean, how much is that impacting him not being able to concentrate on one car? He only ran that a couple times, though, at the beginning, right? He didn't really run that much. And I think that deal's done. I don't that's think that's what he had at Cedar. Yeah. Okay. He had that car at Cedar. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. The other one I have is national champion in the Midwest mods. Now, get this late model national champion Chad Becker ran at the specials one race at special time, right? Midwest or modified national champion Tyler Peterson. At all the big specials, ran well. One race, Superstock, Shane Sabraski did the same, right? Street Stocks, Kyle Dykoff did the same. Where's Walt? Where's Jake Smith? Where is he even? No, I, he's probably working. I don't know, right? I don't know where he's at. But he, and I get it, he's young. Go get your national championship, but don't pull the same shit you did this year, next year. It's embarrassing, okay? Because they kind of, not that they didn't run a few shows against, you know, some bigger competition, but the majority of the time they were dodging running at, you know, as low a car count shows as they could to get that deal. And I get it. Don't hate the player, hate the game. But when the money's on the line at invite time, they weren't even racing. I'm not really sure why. I don't know what happened. Don't know where they're at. They didn't even go to the Wasota 100. I think they've only ran like two shows in September. So where's Waldo? I'm going to go with your, Midwest Mod National Champ kind of incognito and hiding off the radar somewhere. Hopefully he's at the fall classic. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, our locks of the week, Ryan, brought to you by Real Estate by Jay Schmidt. Well, our lock of the week is always Real Estate by Jay Schmidt, right? So if you're in the Watertown, South Dakota area, you need real estate transactions, land, commercial, residential. The guy's got over 20 years in business, great racing family, does a great job. He'll represent you well. He's a class act. Your, your lock of the week, your sure bet when it comes to all of that, real estate by Jay Schmidt, Watertown, South Dakota. All Bert, right. who's your lock it. of the week? Um, I am going with T-Mac at Talladega. Oh, all right. I'm going with Mr. Sabraski in the mod at the Big O. Oh, I would have picked him in the super. Last lap passed by Ebert last year. Remember that last lap? Like, Ebert just, why do I have it? Feature. He didn't make the feature at the red play. 
That's all right. It's a big rebound weekend, you know. I mean, he got a provisional. I mean, it was. I mean, he was in a stack. He started back. It was a little greasy. I get it. I mean, it happens to everybody. I hope he does. I, I'm a I'm a seven A fan. I'm gonna go with the smooth operator Bobby Pierce at Falls Frenzy. Talk more about that show. I'm looking forward to some falls, baby. Yeah, that that's a gimme. All right. Time to move on to the last lap brought to you by Zuli's Race Engines. We talk about them all the time. Uh, they've been with us for quite a while. We go through all the wins. The proof is in the pudding. If you want to win, get a hold of Frank at Zuli's Race Engines. Ryan, you got a list of winners this week? I do. I don't know where the heck I put it, though. I'm looking at my notes. I might I might get a donkey award for not writing that one down. So <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm in the comments. I have it. I have it, but I don't have it in front of me. Why don't I have it in front of me? Oh, here I, I found it. I do have it. I do have it. You got so, it. I got it. I got it. So, Norman Jackson, the XMOD winner, whatever that is, right? The XMOD <laughs> winner out at Casper. I think it used to be the Midwest Mods. The Wolverine, Justin Vogel, night two winner at the Madtown Showdown. Kyle Jeanette, he got second night one and one night two at Beaver Dam. So I think uh, night number two in the, in the stock cars over there, Kyle Jeanette getting it done. And then Casey Usadis, night one winner over at the Buffalo River Speedway. So there's barely any racing going on, but guess what? The constant in this whole deal, Zuli Race Engines in Victory Lane. If you can't beat them, join them. Yeah, congrats to all you. All right, you want to touch on the B1 Barbara? I know, I know we did just a little bit. Yeah, we did. We, that was just a great run. Great to see. Man, I feel like, you know, he, he had a couple podiums this year. You know, he's, he's, he's won a lot of races in everything he's ever been in, man. It would be nice to see him park at victory. Lane. Oh, totally. Like I said, Cedar Lake had a good run at the USA nationals too. I remember that. All right. I 30 and little rock. You guys see that deal? Hammer Hill done. Uh, I Close. heard about it. Yeah. Yeah. I saw Ben Shelton post on there. That's where Ben Shelton, right. From, you know, he's with, with uh flow racing and all that. That's where he got his start was at Hammer Hill, was at I-30 Raceway. I guess the family ran the track for 50 years, and they just – they're done. And I, it sounds like some – it's all getting developed in that area, and they're just selling out. So they, the, the final race at I-30 kind of sucks seeing tracks uh, completely disappear like that. A lot of history there. Yeah. Mark, Mark, Mark Martin posted that's where he got started too. Really? Yeah. And then he said there in Batesville. So, yeah, kind of a kind of a tough deal. Another track gone. There's really not many in Arkansas, right? And that's that's another one gone. Yeah. All right, Bobby Tim. So Bob Tim, obviously owner of the Mississippi Thunder Speedway, right? The last, you know, his kid's a wheel man, Jake Tim. I mean, we talk about him often. He's fun to watch. He's he's a charger. Bob Tim, the last time he raced was 2018. They brought in the USRA stock cars for the Great Pumpkin race this past weekend. They had like 20 both nights, so it wasn't like they had six cars. Bob Tim parked in Victory Lane oh, both, really? both nights. So Bob Tim, after not racing, just automatically, he, I'm guessing he probably practiced the night before and got a bunch of laps in. That would be my guess. He might know somebody there to make that happen, but Pretty cool seeing him win, and they announced USRA stock cars on the card in 2023. So oh. even they get it. Mississippi Thunder, big modified track, right? Big open, but they understand if you want entertaining racing, you got to have street stock stock cars. You got to have them. 
hats off to them for bringing the stock cars to Mississippi Thunder. Yes, congrats to Bob Tim. I used to enjoy watching you, Bob Tim, down at Arcadia back in the day 20 years ago in the late model. That was a lot of fun. All right, our picks for the week. You kind of see we're, what we're picking here. I think Ryan keeps adding more and more classes. He's trying to catch up, Bert. What do you think? <laughs> I I know. I mean, last year we weren't picking Midwest mods yeah. races. Next year we're gonna pick the next week we're pick the C mods, the Z mods, the Y mods, the W mods. That's Jeff's job. That's Jeff's yeah. job. Well, Ryan was talking about the X mods. We'll be picking X mods next week. <laughs> and for those of you who missed it last week. This is the trophy up for grabs and the pick em. So I think it's going to end up staying right here with me anyway. But um, anyway, look at Ryan. Oh, he's mad. He's smoking. Look at <laughs> I call bullshit on this whole deal. I think Bert's cheating. I'm not really sure, but I'm pretty, pretty sure. I don't even know how many I got right this last week. And I didn't have a very good week, I don't think. Yeah, I Jeff never sent it. So we had it posted here. So if you're watching yeah. Puka, do you have it? I don't have it, so we'll have it posted by the time we get this all edited and stuff. But no, I do not. Thank you, Lord, to Jeff, our points guy, for not setting this. <laughs> it's probably good because me and him aren't first and second anyway, so that's fine. <laughs> all right, so we're kind of you know going to kind of close up here, but yeah, big weekend of racing. Is it? We got the Fall Classic at Old Movie, uh, the Frenzy at Falls, uh, Low Night in America from Tri County, which is down North Carolina, the Lucas Late Models at Talladega, the Woo Sprints are out in Port Royal. One of the best sprint car tracks in the country. Uh, and then there's Tri-State Late Models we uh, talked about uh, down at uh, Murray County, which I believe is in northern Iowa. And our friend Trevor Anderson is going to uh, be crowned the champion. So congratulations, Trevor. That's great. So uh, what are you all looking forward to? Um, well, I'm with Ryan on this one, uh, the fall frenzy. I mean, I mean, I this, this is one of the good things about streaming as I – really come to love the racetrack at falls and i need to get there in person someday uh to, to see a racer in person but it i was looking at when i was making my picks i was looking at the schedules to see which drivers are going to be where and uh i mean bobby pierce is going down to north carolina to race in that flow race and then he's driving all the way back to race at falls <laughs> yeah i think he's in the points on with that that yeah right yeah yeah got to kind of do that so but yeah falls the falls will be fun you know but i, I you know Olga will be too and, I, and that like you were saying i i got to get down there i mean it isn't that far for me um seems to produce pretty good racing all the time and they seem to be learning how to run a big show you know what i mean they don't you know i mean some tracks they they they, they host a big show but they don't really run the big show well but i think ogilvy's really learning how to run that big show um and like i said i, I mean um if you go back to dirt race central and check out last year uh, Sebraski had that modified race in the bag and on that last lap Ebert just came across the top and, and uh, just beat him at the line in a, in just a, a photo finish, you know, it's a little bit cliche, but a little bit, a photo finish was awesome. How about you, Ryan? What are you thinking? I'm going to go with falls. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to Ogilvy and, and that, that finish right there determined the national championship, right? And there was some hard feelings over that with people in the seven, eight camp, not Shane, with some people in the 7-8 camp were not happy with Ebert. So I think Shane would like to redeem himself parking victory lane. That would be fun to watch, but I got to go with Falls. I mean, that is literally – I mean, they're going to have a big-paying show for mods and for lates at this this weekend. It's a Mars late model race, but, you know, I would have to think they're going to get a pretty darn good feel of cars. I think it's five to win night one, 15 to win on night yep. two. So it's pretty decent money, but 
highly entertaining racing in Fairbury. That's what I'm looking forward to. And before I forget, I talked about Billy Nelson, his birthday today. I think it was Slippery Dick's birthday yesterday. Really? Dick, Dick Crispin, 89? Yeah. Yep, yep. So I don't know how old he was. I, I'm not going to call him 89. I think he's around the same age as Billy. Not sure somebody can maybe post, but two legends, absolute legends in our area, Billy Nelson, Dick Crispin, Hall of Famers through and through, both of them birthdays, back-to-back days, tip of the cap to two of the very best. And Ryan, your mother's birthday this week. You better give her a quick shout because I know she listens to the show. I, I better do that. I better do that. I, I saved that. you. I just saved you. Donkey award. I get a donkey award. Now, with that said, I did go up and spend some time with mom, right, for her birthday. I did do that, right? So um, I didn't even ask for money or anything like I would have 20 years ago or 10 or who knows, right? But uh, no, yeah, happy birthday to my mom, obviously. Next year, guys, her golden birthday next year. Golden birthday. Golden birthday, yeah. Yep, so she's set. Let's just say that she's going to be 71A next year. Oh, right? that, that's the golden birthday right there for mom. So oh, I love it. All right, anything else, boys? No, that's it. I'm just way, 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 way out west in Colorado. Got to see some mountains today. Going to see some exciting racing. Always fun chat with you two. Close it up. All right, awesome. So let us know where you're going this weekend. Post it in the comments. I said comment on anything throughout the show. Share the show if you like it. We'd appreciate that. Give it a like. Uh, Of course, as always, Merchant Swag, just get a hold of us. We can figure out a way to get it to you. Uh, Thank our great partners, you know, the people that help us do this show, that support the show, show us some support. Uh, Dirt Track Supply, Brad Parsons, Soil and Egg Solutions, Jay Schmidt Real Estate, Zulie's Race Engines, BuyRayShirts.com, Impact Health Sharing, Blue Line Brews, Dirt Race Central, and Mason Aaron's Videos. Uh, if you want to get hold of us privately without commenting, the one to go show at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, Rumble, and YouTube. For Ryan Ayo, for Bert Lehman, I am Puka. Get out there and be your dream. You're tuned to the one to go show. Production of Goat Sports Media, LLC.